Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlo and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. All right, we are into episode two of Main Golf Talk. And today we are going to be talking about Main Golf and what makes Main Golf so great. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about some of our favorite golf courses, whether they're 18 holes or 9 holes. But first, we want to kind of talk about the big news uh, regarding the Open Championship. You know, it's crazy that yesterday, all we heard about on social media, I mean, I saw some posts from New York Post, uh, CNN, talking about Open Championship being canceled. And now RNA is coming out and saying, no, we're we're not canceling it. So it's it's kind of hard to believe that we are experiencing such a crazy influx of information that, you know, what can you decipher? You know, here in Maine, we're hearing that golf courses are closed, but they can still operate maintenance. Now, that would be huge to help, you know, keep the golf courses in pristine shape. So when May 1st does come around, we can keep them open. But uh, as you can tell, we are in a crazy time where we don't really know what's going to happen. It's an hour by hour basis, but let's get into main golf. You know, Henry, what, uh, what do you think makes main golf so great? Well, it's funny you say that because here we are inside the clubhouse at Sugarloaf golf club. It's probably what 45 degrees out and raining. Um, so, you know, you have a short season, a short window, but you have a, you know, a great selection of golf courses to choose from, from up in the mountains to to the coastline courses. And obviously we have our, our main golf characters. You have, you know, some of those guys that are just diehards that will play out in the snow. And even in conditions like this where it's 45 and raining, they're out playing golf. The person I'm thinking of right now is Tom Tabor. One of my members would be out here right now if the golf course is open and he'd be playing. I think his car is actually in the parking lot, so he probably is out there. Waiting for that snow to melt. You know, for me, I love the fact that there's a wide variety of old courses and new courses. You know, you have Kibo Valley, which is the eighth oldest golf course in the country, and then you have a newer course like a Belgrade Lakes. Booth Bay Harbor is making all kinds of renovations and improvements. It's not just trapping lobster and fighting moose up here in Maine. <laughs> There's actually golf being played and some really good golf courses. My big thing is the golf courses in Maine don't get enough recognition because I think of the short season. You know, you got Golf Digest rankings and they have these rankings that are very, you know, you have to have a lot of numbers, a lot of Raiders coming up and our seasons don't allow for that amount of Raiders to come up. So I think it's almost unfair to these Northeast courses that, don't get the recognition they deserve because Golf Digest has such strict rankings. Yeah, I think to some extent too, I mean, how much are we putting out to the rest of the country pictures and stories about 
golf up here in Maine. I think it's pretty rare in comparison to a place like Bandon Dunes or, you know, even some of the courses up in the Northwest where, you know, even Cabot Links. Um, I look at a course like that and that's pretty far off the beaten track, but it gets a lot of headlines and photos and everything. So, you know, it just seems like in a way we are a step behind as far as promoting our courses, um, whether that's intentional or not, who knows, maybe we, we kind of want these gems for ourselves in a way. I can't agree more. I mean, I do like having quiet golf course, but it would be nice to see some more players up there. You know, you talk about pictures and social media. Well, you know, we played Apple Valley the other day and I found out about the golf course through Facebook. They do a great job over there at Apple Valley with their Facebook promoting the golf course. It's a nine-hole track just outside of Lewiston, built by uh, Arthur Stubby Chapman. You know, Stubby. Stubby. Uh, what, what, what did you think about that golf course? Uh, the first time I played it, I, I thought it was kind of fun, honestly. I mean, certainly this, this early in the season, it's not in pristine condition. But, I mean, I would say that overall it came out of the winter pretty well. But, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I don't... I, this whole thing about, you know, going back from the, the back tees or the tips and, and playing it as far as it can go. And, you know, certainly golf can be fun when it's challenging. But at the same time, I think having a, a short course like that, you play kind of quickly. And there's a lot, there's ample opportunity for birdies and eagles. And um, I don't know, between the four of us, we probably had like 15 birdies or something. So, you know, it, it was pretty fun to kind of just rip around and certainly not an overly challenging course, but a lot of fun, super fun. I mean, how about that start by our, by our boy uh, Josh Plord? Yeah, shout out to Josh with the my partner, back-to-back birdies to start, pretty much just set the tone for the day, to be honest with you. Eric and I had no chance after that. I mean, we start out three down through three, and yeah. what, it ended up being, I think, seven and six. It was just a drumming, I mean... You start out one over through three and then just roll on and just shoot 64 on us I while mean, your partner Josh just carries you the first three holes. There's nope. there's no chance. I mean, great performance by the two of you. And what's really sad is, you know, the 19th hole wasn't even really open because of the coronavirus. So you, you really had no place to, to go and kind of shed a tear. <laughs> I, I did like the fact that, you know, when we did have to buy you guys a beer after the round, you know, $2.75 for a uh, Baxter stowaway. I mean, what a great deal. I mean, if we were up here at Sherloaf, I mean, that'd be about a $20 bar tab, $30 bar tab. And, you know, Eric and I had to pay $11 for the for the beer. So it was, you know, it's nice seeing some value out there and being able to play quick. I mean, I think we played in, what, three hours and 15 minutes and probably could have played faster, but, you know, we enjoyed our time out there. You know, for those that haven't played uh, Apple Valley, you know, the great thing is is they they provide a great value. I think it was $15 for us, all you can play. You know, I think peak season, it gets up to $30 walking, and it's a very easy walkable golf course. Like Henry said, golf course was short, playable, friendly. You know, for me, I really like the par 3 third hole. You got a nice mix. You had the 147 yard, and then you went up to the 175. And I mean, that was a tiny little green, but it was a really cool little design with that little front bunker and how the green sloped from right to left. Made for a fun hole. Now, I don't know if we'd probably put in our top five, but, you know, let's, let's talk about what, you know, some of our favorite golf courses are. You know, let's, uh, let's, let's go right into it. Henry, what, what do you think your top five main golf courses are? I mean, just off the top of my head, I, I think if I were to 
to really think about it for a while, I'd probably change this list a little bit. But anyways, I, I think top five, probably in my mind, in no particular order, I would say Sugarloaf. I'd have Portland up there. Some people have questioned the redesign. I, I think it's fine. I, I think it's a great old school course and one I love to play. So uh, I would say the Woodlands, that's always been one of my favorites since I was, uh, since I started playing when I was younger. So uh, that fourth hole there is a brute up the hill. That's a good one. I would say Sunday River. The views up there are just spectacular and, and different from Sugarloaf because you get the the sort of 360 view sort of up on that, that pinnacle there looking around and just a really cool place. Um, and then uh, I have Kibo in my list, Kibo Valley. Now they're, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, one of the older courses in, in the country. And, you know, it's right on the edge of Acadia National Park and you know, so you're you're hitting into into the mountains there, and you're right near the ocean, and it's just a it's got a cool vibe to it. So that's probably my five. So well, I think you and I have two of the same golf courses on there. I, I agree with you with Kibo. You know, I love that old school Donald Ross design. You know, built in 1888. I mean, that's that's crazy to think about that it's you know that old and and it still is a difficult golf course. Those green complexes are small; they get fast. And let, let's talk about that 17th hole. It's half bunker. I mean, that is a brute of a bunker. I mean, I, I can see why Taff never got out of that bunker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you with Kibo. I, I agree with you with Sugarloaf. I mean, I might be a little biased. Um, but, I mean, you know, what's great about Sugarloaf is you can play the golf course every single day and shoot a different score every single time. You'll have different weather conditions. And, I mean, it's a very challenging golf course. I mean, that's why, you know, it was rated as one of the most difficult golf courses in the country when it first opened. USGA actually had to come in and say, hey, whoa, you guys got to make this golf course easier. We don't need a golf course in the middle of nowhere to be the most difficult golf course. We want our Augusta Nationals. We want our Pine Valleys to be the tough golf courses. But, you know, you, you can't beat our, you know, 10 through 15. I mean, those, that string of pearls is well worth the trip up to Sugarloaf. You know, and then for me, rounding out my other five, uh, I love Cape Arundel. You know, the Walter Travis design, again, another old school design built in 1896. And again, you know, small green complexes, not overly long, but, you know, you, they can put these pins in some spots on the greens where you really have to be able to put your ball in the right spot on that green to have a chance. I'm thinking about that six hole there. You know, if you put that pin in the back right shelf, I mean, if you're going at that pin and you go a little long, you got no chance. You might end up being on the uh, the third green over there. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Belgrade Lakes. It's a unbelievable golf course. Kyle and Margie over there do an unbelievable job. Where the service is extraordinary. You know, they they treat every person like a country club golfer, but you know, it's for the average golfer. And what I like is. You know, it's it's a neat Clark design where, you know, that that was his first ever U.S. design. He, you know, he did the redesign at Lake Winnipesaukee, but, you know, this was his first true design. So a lot of people don't know who Clive Clark is because he's, you know, an English guy that designed courses in the U.K. And you, he now comes over to Belgrade and gives you a great golf course, a great layout. You got 918 coming right up to the clubhouse that's, you know, combined green. It's a it's really a cool experience when you go over there. And then for me, rounding it out, I think uh, it's got to be Proud's Neck. I think it's a it's a challenging golf course when it gets windy. 
mean, you and I played in that pro-am last year where it was blowing, what, 40? I mean, I, I think I had to chase my hat four or five times. I ended up flipping it backwards, and Johnny wasn't a fan of me having the backwards <laughs> hat, but it was it was what you had to do. I mean, do you remember that round? Oh, yeah, we all know why this isn't your top five. He won there last year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I might have played well, and it, that, that might help it, but... You know, it's a par seventy layout. It's it's short. It's six thousand yards. So you're not you know having to hit driver long iron every hole. I mean, you might have to when wind gets up, but you know it's yeah, a scorable it was, golf course. It was really windy last year. I mean, it seems like every time I play there, though, it's like thir- there's like thirty mile an hour winds. At least like the first two holes, and then maybe some of the back nine when you're right on the ocean. You know, I think about that fourteenth hole. I know playing there last year. I think I got a video of it where the pin was like. I mean, the flag was almost touching the ground. It was insane how strong this wind was. Um, but yeah, that I, you know, Proud's Neck is certainly in my top ten courses. It's just a, a really cool uh, track on the ocean there. Yeah, it, you know, the first two holes right along the ocean is uh, it's a great way to start and just kind of gives you that kind of relaxed, laid back vibe that you know, everybody's looking for. So that's my top five. I know I missed Sunday River, and I know my my buddy Jerry Roman over there is going to give me a hard time about it. But uh, sorry, Jerry, you guys just you, you didn't make the cut. You know we could have named a, a ton. You know you had Samset, you had Waterville, Booth Bay. We've mentioned. I haven't played Portland, so I I, I can't make a uh, a decision on that one. But I've heard great things there. I mean, you got Perpudic with Tony Decker. And you got some of these smaller tracks, these little nine hole ones that are awesome. You know, I'm thinking for me, you know, a couple miles down the road, we got Diadema. You know, that's that's a fun little golf course and a great way to kind of split up the trip when you're you're coming up to Sugarloaf. Stop over there and you know, play a quick nine. I love how they have uh, a good little uh, arrangement of holes where you got that second hole where it plays what 160, 170, and then you got some shorter par fives that are reachable. So. It's it's a fun track. Um, you know, I, I gotta go over to the uh, the coast and talk about Grindstone and Lucerne again. Two of the older golf courses, with you know Lucerne being designed by Donald Ross, you know, right on the way to Bar Harbor. You know, it doesn't seem like it's much, but it's it's a fun track. And then you got Grindstone, which is right on the water. You pretty much have a view of the water every single hole for those nine holes. And again, another smaller golf course. You know, only three thousand yards from the tips, and you can get out there, play quick, and have a great time. So I, I think those are three of my favorite smaller tracks. Do you have any ones? Oh yeah, no, I'd say uh, for an experience, Clinton is really a, a cool little nine-hole course. You know, not too far away from Waterville. There, just up up the interstate, and you just get off the Clinton exit. Um, and it's funny because you you know you're just driving in these farmlands and then out of nowhere is this like pristine nine hole course uh with this i don't know i think i guess it's cobblestone driveway up to the the clubhouse and an island putting green practice green to to warm up on and you know you go out and play a few holes i I haven't been there in a few years so i don't know if they still like offer the lunch at the turn and they used to like have coolers every three holes with like snacks and Gatorades and just a, an awesome experience and really good value too. I want to say it was like, uh, this was four or five years ago, but I think it was like $50 to go up there and play 18 walking 
get lunch at the turn and, and like I said, all the snacks and stuff you want. But yeah, really cool course. And then, uh, you know, on one of their tea boxes, they have like a whole sanctuary and garden and hostas and this like this rock wall feature. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, it's, it's really a pretty cool place. And uh, I, know, I think the owner is, I believe he's the one that, that kind of keeps the course up is this sort of acting superintendent. And uh, so they've been up there for a while and run a, run a great place. I would say Mount Kenyo comes to mind, you know, right on Moosehead Lake there. Uh, you drive up the western side of the lake, you hop on a, uh, a little boat there and shovel yourself over to the island, or I guess it's sort of a peninsula, but, and uh, Mount Kenyo State Park, so you can go up and, and hike the mountain there and come on down and play nine holes. It's a, it's a really cool, you can make a cool day of it, and they have one par three where you're literally hitting into the cliff over the water, and just uh the views are just awesome and um you know if you do the hike as well they have a fire tower on top so it makes for a great day to to get up there and do that one so i would say clinton and kenya come to mind and um, but certainly just i mean there's so many sabasco is pretty fun you got um i've heard good things about uh, northeast harbor i don't i haven't been out there yet but i've heard really good things about that course as well and, and what about um your buddy Eric there going up to uh, Aroostook Valley right on the, the border. Of course, now they're talking, well, I mean, all the courses are closed now, but they were saying because you can't get into Canada, not um, be able to play up there. They weren't going to open. So, But I've heard good things about that course as well, and they have their, their annual event up there that's really popular. Yeah, the the boys love the county, and they uh, you know they have that tournament late uh, late August where they call it uh, Camp City where they end up uh, all just posting up, throwing tents down right on the putting green. They'll have putting contests. I mean, that sounds like a blast. Like, more golf courses, I think, should do something like that, where you can kind of just create this whole big experience. How cool is it to be able to play golf in Canada and the U.S. at the same time? I mean, do you you need a passport when you go across and uh, (laughs) each shot, or or how does that work? Well, and I think what you you just said, um, experience, I think that's what separates Maine golf in a way is because, you know, you have your courses on the ocean, you have your courses in the mountains, but it seems like a majority of these places you go to, the experience is just different than when you go to other courses around the country, you know? There's something special you can't really put a finger on in a way. I I, I totally agree. I mean, you know, I'm thinking kind of just personal. You know, we go down these golf shows in uh, in March and we go to Portland, Boston, uh, go up to Montreal, but you know I, I see the same people every year. You know they, and it's almost like kind of like a, kind of like a reunion almost. Um, you know it was great seeing Mark and Naomi Whitman. You know they come up maybe four times a year up here to Sugarloaf, and it's great seeing them. You know it's just kind of that feeling of you know kind of just creating friendships and just a relaxed atmosphere. And I I think that's what really makes it so unique and a great time. So. You know, we've talked we talked to Maine Golf. We've talked, you know, about some of our favorite golf courses. We do want to hear, you know, your your top five. So uh, go over to our Instagrams, you know, Henry Fall Golf, our CT Zonlo, or if you are on Twitter, hit me up on Z Zonlo too, and uh, let's hear your opinions. But uh, we still got a couple more minutes here, so let's uh, 
Let's talk about what the tournament would have been this week. It would have been uh, the Valero Texas Open. <laughs> I think it's Valero still. I don't know. They 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 switch it up all the time. But Texas Open, you know, last year that was that was pretty cool, pretty exciting. He had Corey Connors, who was a uh, Monday qualifier, go out and win the tournament. I mean, you don't see that often, and a pretty unique experience. Would uh, you've tried tried Monday qualifying? It's pretty challenging, isn't it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are. I mean, there's just so many great golfers out there. Yeah, this last winter I tried to qualify for the Phoenix Open and it didn't go great. But uh, you know, there's and there was a pre-qualifier and there's like I don't know, there's like seven pre-qualifiers before the Monday qualifier. I mean, you're talking I don't know, probably almost a thousand guys trying to qualify just for I think seven spots into the tournament uh, over the course of a week. So yeah, that's. That's crazy to think that he was able to Monday qualify and then go into that tournament and and win. Um, it just shows you, like I said, it kind of reiterates how many great players there are out there. And it, it just takes one week, you know. And he probably caught fire through that, that qualifier, got some momentum, and just stayed on it throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, it's... I was I was kind of trying to follow along when you told me about you trying to Monday qualify, and so I was checking all the scores, and, and I think I looked at, I think there was another course that uh, was opposite of you guys that I think there were four people advanced to the Monday qualifier, and 66 did not get in. So, you know, it's it's challenging. I mean, you have to play good golf for a couple days just to even get to the tournament, and then, you know, you have this whole new pressure of playing a PGA Tour event, and yeah, it's not like it's some no-name golfer, though. I mean, Corey Connors, um, I believe he, you know, he's played on tour for quite a while, or at least uh, web.com, and then he, he had a good run at the U.S. Amateur. I, I think the one that Matthew Fitzpatrick won. I don't know if he was knocked out in the semis, I believe. But, um, you know, so he's he's been a great player for a long time, Canadian. and But still, the, the fact that he was able to Monday qualify and then go on to win, that's kind of unheard of in a way, so just speaks volumes to the week he had yeah and uh you know speaking of that amateur i mean matthew fitzpatrick first englishman since 1911 to hoist the uh, u.s amateur so you know some good golf being played everywhere and uh hopefully we'll be playing some golf soon um but uh this news about royal st george's british open we talked briefly about it earlier, but you want to see the British Open happen. And, I mean, what a good golf course that that is over there. Yeah, Royal St. George's. You know, I we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, all these majors, it's uh, it's a little bit up in the air. I mean, we talked about the Masters. Obviously, it would be, be kind of cool to see a November Masters or something like that. But, you know, I just think until they have a, a handle on this COVID-19 situation, we just don't know. And... Um, you know, how's the PGA Tour going to react? How are these major championships going to react? Are they still going to try to have the FedEx Cup? Are they going to still try to have the Ryder Cup? Um, you know, it's just how much they want to try to squeeze into a season, depending on when we're clear to play. So, yeah, I obviously I hope that they are able to conduct all four majors this year. But, yeah, I just don't think we'll know for at least an, another few weeks. Last time Royal St. George's hosted the uh, the Open was uh, 2000, 2003, I think. And uh, I was really liking Tiger's chances with that. You know, I think he finished T4 that week. So, I mean, I was, I'm was i hoping that we end up seeing Royal St. George's and Tiger host. Like 13? I, I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was 13. I remember that one vividly. 
Um, ZT Zanlo has an amazing memory, and he is a, a historian of the game. I, you know, I, I, I'm a nerd. Let's, 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 let's name it. I'm a golf nerd, and I like uh, remembering okay, history. Are, so we are looking at pictures of the course right now, though, and it, it looks incredible. So yeah, I mean, it, it'll be sweet if we can if we can see it, and uh, you know, let's hope uh, by July that uh, this virus is going to be done. But you know, in the meantime, let's. Uh, Let's hear from you guys. You know, let's hear what your top five main golf courses are. Let's uh, let's hear your questions. Again, you can reach us on Instagram with uh, Henry Fall Golf or ZT Zonlo, or if you're on Twitter, hit up uh, Z Zonlo too. And uh, please feel free to ask us anything. And hey, we're in a quarantine, so stay active, stay sane, and we'll see you next time on Main Golf Talk. Mm-hmm.